Let's turn in the book of John tonight, chapter number 17, with the Lord's help. And my glasses don't fall apart. I left mine on the nightstand where I was studying there, and just happened to have this pair in the car, but they're broke, so... John chapter number 17, beginning in verse number 1. Word of God said, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life, to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me, with thy own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. Father, help me just a little while. God, as I stand here tonight before your precious people to break the bread of life, Father, help me, God, to speak to their hearts or minds. God, that you would be glorified here and forevermore in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know a Christian tonight, his life is keeping the word of God. Your life tonight, as the Lord has said here in his own words, he said here in verse number 4, he said, I have glorified thee on the earth. I finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, he said, O Father, glorify thou me with thy own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Think about what he said there. Then verse number 6, he said, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. That's a big statement tonight about keeping the word of God, isn't it? You know, if you keep the word of God, if we look in verse number 8 there, he said, For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. And they have received them and have known surely that I came out from thee and they have believed that thou didst send me. A Christian has to come out of the world. When I say that, you're not going to leave here physically, but spiritually we should come out from among the world and be a separate people. The world should see some difference in us 
because we have kept the word of God. The word of God will make you a different creature than what you were. Amen. So if you're a Christian and you look more like the world, then you may be lost. If you talk more like the world, act like the world, pretty good chances are you're lost. Because I believe when you get the word in you, he said it there in verse number 6, he said, they were, notice this, thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now let me say this tonight, I love being a free will Baptist. I believe that free wills are close in their direction going to the Lord and staying with the Lord. I believe the Baptists as a worldwide organization as a whole is, is pretty close to the Lord. We're not perfect. By no means are we perfect. Southern Baptists have veered off to the left quite a bit. But the word will keep you. Amen. You might be in this world, but you don't have to be of this world. You don't have to act like the world. And by the way, a Christian shouldn't put on an act no how. You look also in this verses here. He said in verse number 9, I pray for them. I pray not for the world. We're talking about Jesus here. But for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine. And all thine are mine. And I am glorified in them. Are you with me? Say amen. Aren't you glad God loves you enough that he left you here as an example to the world of what a Christian should be? He said, and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I am come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thy own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. i never seen a time when the church is so divided. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these, notice these, things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in them. We're not of this world. Can I say this tonight? Charity mission, we don't need to look like the world. We don't need to talk like the world. I don't believe you have to allow rock and roll music in the house of God to keep the young folks. I don't believe we have to change books to get updated. I don't believe that in my heart whatsoever. I don't think we have to have a light show to gain new members. I don't believe that. I believe the old-fashioned Word of God will catch them, keep them, amen, and sustain them. I'm afraid when the light show goes out, their show will go out. Amen. You think about it. I know they'll come and they'll go and they'll come and they go. Having every church I've ever known. 
But those that are truly grounded in God, stay in God. Because that word will keep them. You know, we, we, the Christians won't be taken out of this world till the rapture happens. But while we're in this world, he left us here for a purpose. Hello? Do you know what purpose he left you here for? Same reason he left them in the garden, to dress it. You're to make this world look good because you are a Christian, filled with the word of God, and God's on you, and everybody can see it on you. Hello? Stay with me now. Are you with me? Say amen. Now read with me verse 14. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Are we living in that day now? The world hates us. I mean the world hates us with a passion. Why? Because we say you can't do that. An old boy <laughs> took his brother's wife in the Word of God, didn't he? Are you with me? The man of God come up to him and said, Hey, that ain't right. I'm paraphrasing it. You shouldn't do that. Made him madder than a bull. You think it don't make the world mad when we tell them the truth? Amen. Amen. It will. It made me mad when I was in the world. No drunk shall enter in. Boy, that'd make me fly off the handle. I'm not a drunk. Well, I was. Hello? You think about it tonight. If you're telling them the word of God, it's going to offend them if they're lost. I want to say this to us Christians. The word of God should never offend you. It might correct you, and it will help you, but it should never offend you. It'll show you where you've come short, where you've sinned, got out of the will of God. But you should never, ever be offended by the word of God. Why? Because he sent that word to help you. Amen. Are you listening tonight? Uh, we're not of the world. Amen. Listen, you shouldn't be doing some of them things anyhow. Hello. <laughs> Let me read that verse again, will you? He said, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Are you with me? You think Jesus wasn't hated by the world? <laughs> he, t he stopped their money schemes. Hello? You get into a man's pocket. Hello? You get his money stopped. <laughs> Brother Bobby Thompson put it this way. His daddy had preached revival down in Louisiana, Georgia, somewhere down in there. And Brother Bobby said his daddy preached three nights as hard as he could preach on the sins of alcohol. He said that night, going into the church, Brother Bobby said we had to walk two or three miles into that little old church. Said these two men stopped us on the way and said, Brother said, you have run our liquor business. Said, you preach so hard on it, we ain't selling no liquor. And we're just going to whoop you. Brother Bobby thought, said he thought, 
Well, what are we going to do, Daddy? Said, I never said a word, but my daddy said, Son, hold my coat. Said, Daddy handed him a coat. Said, he looked at them two men. He said, ain't but one thing I like better than preaching, and that's fighting. Bobby said, his daddy whooped both of those men right there on that dirt road like a yard dog. And he left them both laying there. Bobby said, I give daddy his coat back. Said, he dusted his shirt off, put his coat on. Said, come on, son. Said, this is about time daddy got in the pulpit and began to preach. Said, the door come open. Them two men come in. Bobby said, he said to himself, oh, Lord, going to be a fight right here in the church, shores of the world. Them two men come in and sat down on the front row. Said Bobby's daddy was a preacher and said just a minute. Two one of them stood up and said, I want to tell you all something. Said that man up there's got to be of God. Said he whooped both of us out there on the road like a yard dog. He said he got to be of God. Said there ain't never been no one man whooped both of us. And they both give their heart to God that night and quit making liquor. See what it was was... You have been cowered down to the world so long that we want to give in to the world. That's the reason we got gays in the pulpit. That's the reason we got all the shenanigans going on in the, in the churches that has no place in the church. And with God's help on these days pretty quick, I want to preach seven things in the church that need to be in hell. You ever studied that out, brother? Seven things in the church that ought to be in hell. And seven things in hell it ought to be in the church. Study that out. It's in there. There's some things in the church that don't belong in the church. God ain't pleased with it. He said the word has kept them. We're in this world. Listen, if we tell the truth like Jesus tells the truth, they're not going to like us. By the way, church member, Sometimes when I tell y'all the truth, y'all don't like me. That's the truth, isn't it? He hurt my feelings. Get over it. You want to go to heaven or you want your feelings pampered? I didn't bring no lollipops. I ain't brought no baby powder, no diapers. I ain't got no pacifiers. I'm going to give you the word of God and the word of God said it would cut you as a two-edged sword going and coming. Heaven is hard to obtain. It ain't no easy road to get to heaven. My Lord, but we as Christians, now, don't take this offense, but listen to me for a minute, will you? When I was lost, undone, I fought like a dog to get in some of the worst places that was ever invented. I fought to stay in them. I fought to get back in them. I went to jail on account of them. And the first little stump or toe at church, you want to take your little red wagon and run to the house and pout. Hello. Bunch of I never seen such... Jellyfish people as there is in Christianity. My Savior was not a jellyfish. Son, he had the backbone of a railroad arm. Yes, he did. He stood up and called them hypocrites. Right to their face. 
He took whipped them out of the house of God. Why? You've made it a den of thieves. He, did, he wasn't a wimp. You know the only reason he died is because of you. He gave up the ghost. There wasn't nobody killed him. They put him on that cross, but they couldn't kill him. They beat him with more stripes than they should have beat him with, and that didn't kill him. They nailed him to the cross, and that didn't kill him. They made him carry his own cross, and that didn't kill him. They hated his guts. That didn't kill him. Didn't change his mind. Didn't back him up. I, I, I want to remind you tonight, I'm not going to back up, back out, back off, or backslide. Hello? How many do we know right tonight that is backslidden on God? Because somebody didn't like their shoes. Or they didn't like their song or their hairdo. He hurt my feelings. If you quit your job every time you got your feelings hurt, you'd never keep a job. I've had my feelings hurt. <laughs> By the way, let me just get on down in there. If you got your feelings hurt and you run off every time your family hurts your feelings, you wouldn't have no family either. Does all your family love you? No. You know why? Because of the word. They know when they come around acting like the devil, I'm going to call them the devil. That's my own two boys. I ain't never backed up for them. No, no, I ain't going to either. They say, don't ask daddy, he'll tell you the truth. I ain't got nothing but the truth to tell you. That's the only thing that's going to help you. If they hated Jesus, they're going to hate us. Why? Because of the truth. They can say it's because we're intolerant. Can I tell you something? I don't have to tolerate your sin. I don't have to agree with your sin. Let me just show you an example tonight that will help you. How many drove a Toyota to church tonight? There's three of us I know drove Toyotas tonight. Does that make the rest of you wrong? I didn't hear it. See? We're right there exactly what I wanted you to see. That's one man's opinion. But you know who is right? That book that you hold in your hand. That book's right. The Bible said, let every man be a liar, but the word of God is true. For God is truth. And God is love. And I don't, listen, I don't have to pat you on your back to love you. You can hate my guts and I can still love you. Are you listening to me? They hated Jesus and Jesus still loved them. They crucified him. He still loved them. Yes, he did. So being a Christian is a tough job. A true born again Christian. How many of you ever had somebody come up to you and say, what do you think about this? I think this, don't you? Well, let's see what the Word of God said about it. Well, no, let's don't look in the book. 
What do you think? It don't matter what I think. It don't matter what I say. What does that book say? That's what matters. How's that book leading you? In truth. In spirit. That book is not going to agree with your sin just to get you on its side. Hello? The book's not going to change. The word's not going to change. Jesus is not going to change. And I don't want to change. And I don't want the church to change. Amen? Let the church stay the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Not the church of Dennis Hensley. Dennis Hensley will get you in trouble. God will get you out of trouble. He said in verse 15, are you with me? 17 and 15, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Are you there? Say amen. (laughs) Can I tell you something tonight you may not know? That word you hold in your hand will keep you from sin if you'll read it and apply it to your life. <laughs> you can carry it on the dash of your car, lay it on your coffee table, put it on your nightstand. But until you put it in your heart, it ain't no good at all. It's just the Word of God laying there. But when we read it and we apply it to our lives, it'll make a Christian out of you. Preacher, you're preaching tonight like you're perfect. I'm probably the most imperfect person in this whole building. I'm sorrier than a dog. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. That's all I am. I've never esteemed myself any higher than anybody else. I'm just a poor old dirt farmer from Madison County, born in Greenville, Tennessee. Taters and maters all the way. Amen. How many know Brother Joe Carpenter right over here where the tractors are? Look up at his garden and tell me what that first row of stuff is. You want me to tell you? It's backer. You know what backer is? Some people call it tobacco. But it's backer where I came from. That's the first tobacco I've seen growing and I don't know when. He's got about a half a dozen plants up there in the very first row above his house. And I know he just grew it for a novelty because he didn't even top it. Top it means cut the flowers off the top where the leaves will be bigger. You leave the tops on it, that goes to seed. The leaves on you is big. And you're growing it so the leaves will be bigger and that more poundage. But I thought about this. As simple as that is, How many knew what it was? That book you hold in your hand is as simple a little child can understand it. I'm going to help somebody or kill us all one. That book you hold in your hand has saved millions of people that couldn't read a lick. Because that's a living word. When somebody else reads it or quotes it or speaks it, it becomes alive. And when it's spoken, even when you speak it, it'll help somebody else, believe it or not. When I was a boy, the old preacher 
didn't say the book of Psalms. He said, turn to the book of Phasms. God help me. And when he read out of Job, he'd say, turn to Job. Sure did. What are you saying? Do you going to make fun of him? No. I didn't know any better either. I knew what he was talking about. I knew where to turn in the book to find it. Amen. No, I didn't make fun of the old man of God. He's just doing the best he could. <laughs> How many knew preacher oh dear? You know he couldn't read a lick? He'd have his wife. He'd say, honey, turn to so-and-so and read it to me. Preach 50 years. And his wife would read it. He'd say, yep, that's what I want. And he'd preach it that night. Couldn't read a lick. Preached and pastored over 50 years. The book will help you and keep you from the world. Hello? Whether you can read it or not, that book's alive. There's power in that book. When somebody reads it and it's spoken orally, it is given the power to be released and you can receive the power from the Word as you desire. How many ever heard this? Preacher will be preaching, read a scripture, and in your mind you're thinking, well, I don't really believe that. I, I just don't see it that way. Anybody ever have that thought? I have. Now I can tell you this for sure. Some of these guys on the radio and TV, uh-uh. Mm-mm. When that dude come on the radio in about 1988, a year after I got saved, and on national radio, I'm talking about 106.9, he got up and said, it wasn't the Red Sea, it was the Reed Sea. And the Reed Sea ain't but four inches deep. That's the reason they was able to get over. If it's big enough to be called a sea, you can't see the other side of it. And if it's four inches deep all the way across the area that big, that's not a sea, that's a swamp. Hello? That's a bigger miracle than God standing the water up. Two or three million people crossed a swamp and nobody got bogged down and stuck. Come on. Hello? Come on. But I thought as many said that, I thought, you're a nut. You need to know the Word of God. Why would He want to change it? The Bible said red. Hello? I'm not going to believe it's the Red Sea. Take it up with God when you get there. I'm going to believe the book. He said, I taught them the word, and the words kept them. See, nuts preaching stuff like the Red Sea and, and junk like that, you confuse people. Brother Glenn worked on a friend of his and was a total alcoholic for years and years and years and years finally got the old boy to go to church finally got the old boy saved he quit drinking living right doing right and he heard a guy on the radio say now listen to me 
There's going to be a lot of people in heaven that don't want to go. Said that on the radio. And he went on to say, they got saved when they were young and they're going to heaven whether they like it or not. And I, when he, I said, Glenn, sure, he said he said that. And he said, they, he said there's nothing that they can do. They're going to heaven whether they want to or not. Well, that's contrary to the word of God. That old boy went straight back to the bottle and he's been drunk ever since. Glenn went to him and said, son, you're doing so good. Why? Why'd you go back to the bottle? That preacher said, I couldn't go to hell if I wanted to. I enjoyed the liquor and getting drunk, so I'm just going to get drunk till Jesus comes after me. I'm going to heaven. Glenn said, son, you're not going to heaven as a drunk. And he quoted him the scripture. No drunkard shall enter in. So who's at fault? The word will keep you if you will keep the word. Not twist it. Not bend it. We got too many that's trying to invent their own word. This word of God's plain. No drunkard shall enter in. I don't care how many times you got saved, how many times you got baptized. Can I say this? Either way, you're out of the will of God standing as a drunk. Whether you was ever saved, I can't say. But more than likely, you weren't. Oh, you didn't like that one. That's all right. Still the truth. He said, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Hello? The word is Truth. Is your word reading that way? As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Are you with me? If he sent us into the world, he sent us into the world to do a job. Can I give you one of the greatest examples I know of tonight of why God left you here when you got saved? Nobody said amen, so probably don't want to hear it. Guess what? You're going to hear it anyhow. He left you as a light. That your lifestyle and your life could point the way for somebody else. C.A. Hensley put it to me this way. He said, Dennis, I've never taken a drink of alcohol in my life. He said, I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never chewed any tobacco. In my life, he said, I've never done that. He said, how can I relate to somebody that has a tobacco addiction? He said, but you can. You can. Why? Because I've been there. What he's saying is, your light should shine them and help them come out of the sin that they're in and find the light because they can see a different light in you. Rick, don't tell them what you know about me, son, from school. That's my brother. I'll brag on him. Maybe he won't say too much. But I have been places. You remember what Bo Jackson said when you invited him to come sing? He said, Dennis Hensley? Bo Jackson's a black boy I went to school with. 
Larry invited him and his family to come see. Well, see, me and the blacks when I was in school didn't get along real well. Didn't get along real good. And Larry invited him. He said, Dennis Hensley? The Dennis we went to school with? He wanted to clarify, make sure it's the same guy. Well, he coming some. Bo said, I think the same guy I went to school with. The McKinney girl that went to uh, Emmanuel, Free Will Baptist. Joe Hems invited me over there to preach, and I went over and preached. He had announced Dennis Hensley was coming to preach. She kept asking Joe, said, how old is he? Where's he from? Joe said, he's just one of them old boys from around here. She kept saying, even when I got there, she said, I can't believe it's you. Well, I preached that morning. Joe invited me to come back the next Sunday morning to preach. She come to hug me and she said, I still can't believe it's you. See, the light was different. Because you are different. He left us in this world to show people that's in the same situation I was in, you were in, that they can come out from among that and be different. Why? Because God will make you different. When you receive Him, He cleans this mess up. And I went back and preached, and she loved and cried on my shoulder. I wish I could remember her first name, but I can't remember her first name. I just remember she was a Hollowfield in school. McKinney. Bless her heart. You know, a lot of my schoolmates is done gone on, ain't they, Rick? A lot of them we grew up with is done gone on. And I wonder sometimes, Chris, why God left me. I'm nothing special. I'm just a man saved by the grace of God that he left in this world to carry a light. And my light should shine and show Jesus, not Dennis. So being a Christian is not being a Hensleyite. <laughs> it's being a Christian. I told a young preacher in Jamaica, I said, son, if you'll quit trying to get them to be Baptists and get them saved, you can be a Baptist and be lost. Just get them to Jesus. Turn back with chapter 16. Let me read a verse there. Chapter 16, verse number 20. Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Hired their life in that is now. But my Bible tells me that he's going to laugh at their calamity. I don't know about you. I don't want God laughing at me because I'm left in a mess. You had the opportunity to truly be a Christian and you went around and God don't let me ruffle your feathers but let it drive it home. You went around and all you was was a hypocrite.
When Jesus fed the 5,000, did he check their dress code? Did he ask them, was they baptized? Did he ask them what denomination they was? No, he preached to them the word of God, and then he fed them. See, Jesus was a fisherman. Now, you might be a specialist at your fishing. I'm not. I don't go bass fishing and throw back trout. I don't go crappy fishing and throw back pike. If it's on my line and it's big enough to eat, guess what? I'm going to eat it. Me and Misty and Dave was fishing up here. A black friend of mine, Eddie, drove up. I just caught a white horse sucker. How many knows what a white horse sucker is? Probably three pound. I was always taught he's a junk fish. Throw it back. I started to throw that junk fish back, and Eddie hollered, Whoa, 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 don't do that, don't do that. I said, Eddie, it's a sucker. He said, give me that sucker. He said, you come up to the shop when you get through fishing. I'm going to feed you. So we got through fishing. We went up to his shop. He had fried that sucker. He had fried catfish. And he had fried bass. I'm talking about he could have fed 25, 30 people. He had hush puppies. Homemade hush I, just coming out of the oil all this, he cooked it right there in his shop. Guess what the best tasting fish was? That white horse sucker. I'm a catfish man. But I'd rather have one bite of that white horse sucker than have a pound of catfish. It was that good. Chunky, he chunked it up, chunks about that big and rolled it, deep fried it. <clears throat> Snow white meat. No fishy taste or smell. Really delicate. I like to foundered. I'll just be honest with you. I come a higher glutton. I did stop one, but I had to get up and burp. And I thought to myself, he taught me something. Just because somebody else says it's junk don't mean it is. And I thought to myself... Dummy, you have thrown back thousand pounds of good eating in your lifetime. Oh, by the way, does anybody know what a horny head is? All the old folks knows what a horny head is. My grandpa, my daddy's daddy, threw back trout, native rainbow brook trout, and kept the horny heads. And the reason that most folks don't eat horny heads they got little bitty bones. They're hard to get out. They, ain't, they don't get much bigger than that. But he had put them in a sausage grinder and grind them up and fry them. Bones and all. Because the bones are so fine, they just grind up. Make like a salmon patty. They were a whole lot better tasting than trout ever been. He called trout junk fish. Yeah. He kept horny heads and throwed the trout back. Now, when I was a trout fisherman, we throwed the horny heads up in the woods and the suckers. You didn't even want them in the stream competing for the food that the trout. 
what I'm saying here tonight is that so many people that say they're Christian have thrown back the good part because he didn't know any better. You know, you, like having joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, now we don't want to get undignified. We don't allow that shouting around here. We're just not used to your type of worship. I didn't know there was one kind of worship. Worship the Lord thy God with all your heart, body, soul, and mind. Hello? And if you put it all into it, you're going to shout once in a while. You're going to get loud once in a while. You're going to get happy once in a while. Don't tell me you ain't never shouted over something mama cooked. I'll close with this. My wife had made a new cake, and I didn't know what it was. And I said, honey, what kind of cake is this? She said, just eat it. Well, I knew she cooked it. It was good. So I got that piece of cake, and I got me a big bite of it. And I said, holy cow. She said, that's the name of it. You ever took a bite of something and said, holy cow? I mean, it was good. It was that good, I, I, I just couldn't get a word out other than, holy cow. She said, that's the name of it. Have you ever got enough Christianity to where it tasted good? Have you ever got enough of Jesus to where you lay full with joy? You know, most Christians come to the church empty and leave empty. And they leave and they starve out on God. The table is spread. Now I'll give you one more analogy and I'm done. Me and my precious wife back there went to my grandmother, Hensley, soon after we got married. And my grandmother, Hensley, was one of them, when she set a table, you couldn't set the table, there wasn't no room. But she made a place for me and Gail since we were the newlyweds. And Grandma didn't ask Gail, would you like some of this? She'd say, here, try some of this. Here, try some of this. And she just put it in Gail's plate. Gail didn't have no idea what it was. She had never seen pumpkin butter before. Things like that. And, and she's sitting there amazed. You know, most folks say, hey, would you like some of this? Would you like to try this? Not Grandma. Grandma said, here, have some of this. Here, have some of this. She liked most of it. She had to ask me what it was. But if it tastes good, what does it matter what it's called? You know the only reason I want to know the name of it? So I can ask for it again. Right? I mean, if you make me something good and I don't know the name, I don't know how to ask you for the next round. You know that stuff, you know. No, I want to know the name. Are you a Christian? Does anybody want you? Does anybody want what you got? Does anybody ever come up to you and say, boy, I wish I had the joy you got? How can you have so much joy in all this trouble going on? I was at the Shelby prison down there, and this guy come up to me and he said, what are you doing here? I said, what do you mean what am I doing here? He said, you're free and you choose to come down here and be with us. You've been down here several times. He said, why do you come down here? I said, so you can have what I got. 
I said, do you know there's a lot of folk locked up that's outside these four walls? And he looked at me funny, Rick. I said, let me explain that. They're captured by sin. They're imprisoned by sin. I said, just being in here and incarcerated, you don't have to be locked up in your spirit. You don't have to be lost, undone without God. He looked at me like I had two heads. See, he, he went wanting to know why I would take my free time to come down there. He couldn't understand that. In other words, he was saying, boy, if I had the opportunity, I would never come back to this place. I would never spend my time down here trying to help this crowd. But see, something inside of me said, go down there and tell them about Jesus. And that's what I did. My light. It may just be a candle to some. Sometimes a candle's all you need. What about you tonight? What kind of Christian are you? Are you one that's full of joy? Or are you one that's so sourpussed that nobody wants to sit next to you? You ever been around them? They stay in the mully grubs all the time. You see them sitting there and that's the only seat in the house and you'll stand up rather than sit with them. I don't like sitting around people that's always negative, always down. I come to the house of God, I want some joy. Unspeakable. Hey, listen, what's it going to hurt to have a little joy in the house of God? What's it going to hurt to shout a little bit in the house of God? What's it going to hurt to raise your hands and praise Him a little bit in the house of God? I believe it's all in order. If it's in order in here. How's your life tonight? How's your Christianity? Let's stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. One of them want to play something, that's fine. If not, that's fine. But I want to ask you something tonight. What kind of Christian are you? Can I tell you, you can't be a Christian without Christ. Let me tell you that tonight. And if you've got Christ, you're a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new if you are a Christian tonight. Yeah, he left us in this world, but he told us not to be of this world. He left us here to be a light to a lost and dying world. Can anybody find Jesus following you? Can anybody... Find peace and joy when they follow you. Can you lead them to where the glory runs out? Where the spout's full? Where forgiveness is free? Would they want to come and spend the night with you in your house and eat at your table? Or would they be better off sleeping in the woods? God, I want my light to shine. Church, I want to be a true born-again, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ Christian. Don't you? I want people to see Christ in me and have a desire for what I've got. Some are praying tonight. What about you? What about you that's here tonight? If I follow you, will you lead me to heaven? If I stay in your footsteps... If I stay close to you, 
Can you guide me to the book, to the word, to the truth? Because he lives in you. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight to preach the word of God. I thank you for these that's in the altar praying right now, Father. I thank you for a church, Lord, that will let me stand and tell them the truth. And God, they'll receive it with gladness. I thank you for the songs that were sung here tonight. I thank you for the souls that sat here with me tonight that helped me to worship and to pray. God, that helped me to be a Christian. Lord, thank you for men like Brother Herod down through my life. God, it's been such a great example, a light, a joy. Thank you for my folks tonight. Bless us, Lord. Lead us in tomorrow if tomorrow comes, this side of eternity that we might take you to the lost and dying, Lord. Lift you up in the world that others might see a need of Jesus in their life. And Lord, we'll bless you and praise you now for all. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.